So the question is this, how can entrepreneurs like us remain profitable while having a lean physique, optimal focus, and incredible relationships? That's the question. This podcast will give you the answer. My name is Nate Palmer, and welcome to The Million Dollar Body. Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. If you're here, it's probably because you're a high performer, real estate agent, entrepreneur that's interested in maximizing your physique, your finances, and your family time using fitness and nutrition as force multipliers in your life. If you're not already a part of the Facebook group, definitely go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group. That's where we stream these podcast episodes every Tuesday. You can join in and ask questions. There's a ton of cool stuff happening in the group, as well as a massive amount of free content and resources. Again, go to n8trainingsystems.com slash group to join us there. If you're already in the group and you're watching us live, we're so excited to have you because I have a very special guest for you today. Um, this is Justin Donald. He's a buddy that I met um, through uh, a organization called the Front Row Dads. And Justin is a, a lifestyle investor. In fact, he's he, he literally wrote the book on the subject. His book, Lifestyle Investor, came out uh, mid-January. And Justin, you told me it topped the Wall Street Journal. It's number one bestseller right there. It's number one bestseller on Amazon at the moment in a couple different categories. Overall, just crushing it. It's an amazing book. Dude, thank you so much for being with us today. Super excited. Well, thanks, Nate. I'm glad to be here. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a, definitely a humbling experience to put out a book, as I know you know, and, you know, you're putting everything out there and you're just hoping that uh, someone else finds value in it. So it's it's very reassuring to uh, see what the market has to say about it and to, you know, earn some of these bestseller designations. So uh, I appreciate the uh, kind words and the nice intro, and I'm excited to spend some time with you and your listeners today. Thanks. So you, uh, if you want to go ahead and grab your copy and I'll put a uh, link in the show notes, but you can get all that on Amazon. The Kindle version is only 99 cents, which is literally just not expensive enough, Justin. I just wanted to tell you that you need to charge more for it, but like, okay, this book is awesome. Um, there's a lot of books out there, Justin. I feel like people will write these books and it's literally just a glorified sales letter for their service or their product or whatever else. And you're like, and you reach the end of the book and you're like, okay, but what do I do now? And yours is not like that at all. You literally unpack very specific strategies that you've used in your own investments over time, as well as your 10 commandments for investing. Yeah, I mean, the goal here for me, Nate, is I want to give as much content and info as I can. I mean, of course, there are things that people can do to learn more, but I want people to finish reading it and say, wow, I got some action items and I got way more than I thought I'd get. And so, you know, inside of my book, what I do is I not only tell my story of how I went from, you know, having no assets and just earned income to the journey of uh, really accomplishing passive income and being able to step away from earned income, you know, and, and, and so I, I share that, but I also share 10 commandments or 10 criteria that I have in really the cash flow investing portion of it for financial freedom. And that really is like, it's my 10 rules or my, the, the 10 things that I look for to make decisions on whether I invest or not. And then I give an example or two with every single one of them, all the details, exactly what I did, exactly what the terms were, exactly what my mindset was around that deal and why I wanted to do it. And so my goal is to just offer as much as I can. So if someone wants to learn more, they can, but they don't have to. They, one of the things I, I really love about your commandments and kind of the, the criteria you're looking for an investment is, is like totally out of the box from what 
typically like when I'm thinking of an investment, I'm thinking of like, okay, what stocks should I put my money into? What index funds, what mutual funds should I be like investing in? But you're talking about how do we create cash, cash flow, passive cash flow from these investments. And then the real kicker for me is that how do we get our money back, the principal back within three years at the top end so we can start creating this like compounding, just like, like um, whatever the opposite of a, like a downward cycle is, upward cycle, I don't know, where we can use that money over and over and over again because you're pulling it out every year, two years, three years. And that, like, that blew my mind a little bit about that even being possible with some investments. So how did, like, how did you even learn about these things? Because I'm learning it from your book for the first time. Sure. Yeah. I mean, great question. A lot of, of what I do is counterintuitive because the education that we all have on a financial level is influenced strongly by Wall Street or banks, both of which want your money. So the framework that we look at investing through is already kind of cultivated, manipulated. Um, it, it's kind of laid out for you. There's a lot of influential people that can kind of help steer the narrative of where to go. And so I think most people have this default of, well, I'm going to invest in qualified plans. I'm not going to touch my money. I'm going to have it in the stock market. I hope that the stock market performs well. And then when I can retire at age, you know, 67, 65, whatever, uh, then I will, you know, take some of that money and hopefully it's enough by then. And to me, that's just just because that's the way that some people want to do it and the people that want your money want you to do it, that doesn't mean it's the only way to do it. And I would argue that it's not the best way to do it because it exposes all of your assets to one, you know, one market. You know, most people have 90 to 100% of all their assets tied to the stock market. I'm not a naysayer of the stock market. I'm just a naysayer having all your assets in one place just in case things don't work out the way that you think. If you were trying to retire in 2009, for example. That's right. There's nothing you can do if your portfolio drops. If the stock market drops 50% or 30%, who knows if it's going to make an immediate comeback or not. But most people don't realize that when you're, when the stock market drops 30% and then it eventually gains back that 30%, you're not back to where you were before. You have less money. A 30% dip and a 30% return, uh, that averages out to 0%. So a lot of people are like, oh yeah, I'm back to what I was. No, you actually lost money. If you lost 30% and then you gained 30% back, you lost money. You had a negative return. And that is very counterintuitive. I, I like that you talked about like the kind of the average rate of return and how you can have, you can lose money and still have a positive average rate of return according to like the math that, that like financial planners or people who are managing your money are putting, are putting this through. So you can, it'll look good on paper. Oh, you had an 8% average rate of return. But when you look at the actual balance sheet, you're not, you're seeing like a decrease over time or, you know, even a lost opportunity cost of that, of the principal. That's right. Yeah. So there is, you got to be careful of the manipulation of numbers and you got to be careful of who wants your money and pay attention to that message. And I'm not trying to say that all financial planners are bad. There are great ones out there. And some of them 
you know, really buy into whatever it is that they're told from the top down. You know, I think that there's a lot of corruption and a lot of bad practices just in financial services in general. And that's not that's not geared towards any one person in, in particular. It's geared towards the whole financial institution. Uh, and so I just got to a point where I did not like that. it. They were trying to make it look like I was making money. I had a positive average rate of return, but I actually lost money. So my real return was negative. I lost money, but it looked like I made money and I had a good return. And that was enough for me. Once that happened, I was like, I'm out. I can't, I've got to find a better way. And then in everything else in my life, something that I've had a lot of success with is figuring out what everyone else is doing and then doing the opposite. Because most people are not doing things that are putting them in a category of one or you know a level, a level of expertise. Most people are not financially savvy or doing well financially. Therefore, I don't want to copy what most people are doing. And that, that became very clear early on in my life. And that's why I really started to specialize in more of these alternative investments, such as real estate or investing in companies or investing in debt offerings. What, what I, yeah, I mean, I mean, in the, in the book, you talk all about kind of your contrarian view of money and investing. I think the Warren Buffett quote says like, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy when others are fearful, right? So like this is this is solid, strong advice. Now, like, tell me, tell me if I'm off base here, but it feels like this in the book, the lifestyle investor. What you're doing is you're teaching people how to play at the levels that banks play at. You know, so you go to a financial institution, you're like, okay, hold my money for me. You know, you put it into a, like a savings account. Then the bank doesn't hold that money in a vault, right? It goes out and it starts investing it and putting it in different places. So all you're doing in this book is you're leveling the playing field and being like, here's how you can take that same money and have it work for you. Is that's right. Yeah, the banks are taking your money and they're lending it out 10 times on that same amount of money. And it sounds like that's not possible, but it is. It is because it's all ledgers, right? You're, you're, you, you can create, you don't have to have the real physical cash. And so they're making 10 returns on that one amount but there's a way that you could also do that. And maybe you're not doing it as aggressively. And I, I feel like, you know, if you look at the solvency ratio of these banks, which is just, you know, how financially strong they are, uh, they're not good. They make risky investments and they're very leveraged. And, and that just means that they have a lot of loans on the book. And if something goes wrong, um, what happened in 2008 could happen again. And so you could do it in a way where you're not as leveraged. So maybe you just have two uh, investments with the same dollars. And I've done this in a myriad of different ways, but you can do this through a properly crafted whole life insurance. Uh, most whole life products are not good, but if you get someone that specializes in doing this, you kind of can create your own bank that you can take loans against. You can still earn a return inside that policy, but you can take that same money and invest it somewhere else for another return. Um, this same way can be done, you know, you can, you can get the same effect by what I talk about in the book of the velocity of money, where you can invest in one real estate deal and you can structure it so that you get your money out that you invested in pretty quickly based on refinancing a property. And then you can take that same money and invest in another deal. So now you have two investments 
with two pieces of equity with the same dollars. And so you're, you're leveraging that the, the same way that a bank would, but in a much safer way. And then on top of that, if you were pulling like against your whole life insurance policy, then you're still earning a rate of return on that money. Any, even with the money, not even there. Right. That's right. So, so now I mean, you're kind of just, instance, it could be three different places with the same dollars. And over time, if you schedule, if you create short investment uh, timeframes, you can just keep doing it over and over and over and over. Um, one thing in the book that you talk about a lot about is your first investment in that mobile home park where you invested like 65,000. 65, you're getting like you're making 2K a month cash flow. And then, and can I, how much was the, like, the sticker price on that mobile home park? So that one I talked down in price, I think I ended up getting it for $500,000. Okay. I think this is like a lot of, like a lot of people, or personally at least are in this boat where like, okay, I got some money to invest. I can't drop, I can't invest 500,000. I can't invest a million dollars right now. And you say, you don't have to invest that kind of money. All you have to invest is, is like by using like different types of structured structured investments or getting like the right types of loans, you can make that money go a little bit farther. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, so there are a few ways to look at this one, Nate. So first of all, if you're doing real estate or something that is, you know, a real asset, banks like real assets, so they'll lend you money. But in a lot of cases, you can talk to the seller and say, hey, what if I paid you an interest rate like the bank would, but I'll pay you more than the bank would? And we can make it, you know, a really appealing deal for you. So that way you get monthly paychecks. And so you can structure your down payment to be any amount. It could be $0 if they agree to it. You know, in my first few deals, I structured it at 15% and no bank is going to lend you money for that small of a down payment. So that was a huge win there. But a lot of people don't realize you can leverage other dollars that you have. So let's say that you are one of the people that has a lot of money in the stock market, or let's say that you have other illiquid uh, assets, there are ways that you can borrow money against those assets where you pledge them as collateral. And with the interest rates that we have today being so low, it's really cheap money. It's not hard to make a return on that money. So uh, there's just a lot of ways to do it. But at the end of the day, it's all a negotiation. And the amount that you put down to invest is not and should not be the total price of the investment. Gotcha. Okay. And I really liked it kind of the way you think outside of the box in terms of going to the seller and finding these win-wins where it's not just like you taking advantage of like someone who doesn't know better, but it's literally like giving them what they want, those structured payouts with interest, you getting what you want and with a lower down payment and that positive cash flow day one. And like, it just seems like these, uh, you're finding all these unicorn deals again and again and again. So like, I know first for a lot of us, we aren't, we are like, we're investing in the stock market and really nowhere else. So where would you encourage us to start looking for some of these, like these, you, I mean, you in the book, you call them invisible deals or even other deals that are uh, like maybe a little bit more mainstream, easier to come by. Like, where do you, where does one even begin with that? Well, I'm impressed, Nate, you're using all the terminology so well, like, <laughs> This is awesome. I, I it's it's a really you know humbling to to hear you using the words and and hearing what it is that I'm trying to articulate. So uh, thank you. Yeah. So there's a lot of when I talk about invisible deals, it's it's simply that there are deals out there 
that most people don't even think that they can get. They don't even realize it's a deal because you can buy something that's off market that may not even be for sale, but you can make an offer at a time where it makes sense for them to sell. Or you can have a connection that you know gives you deal flow. Maybe you're part of a, a network or an investor's club or a mastermind, or you can pay attention to trends and see the emerging markets, you know, even in the fitness space, like uh, many of, of the listeners here and, and viewers here are in, I mean, there's so many pivots that have happened due to COVID and so many opportunities. Like, I mean, the, the fitness industry is being revolutionized as we speak. And so th there's just trends to pay attention to that are invisible that most people don't see, and they'll see them down the road. Uh, and we're moving from, you know, a, a, you know, gym type of society or gym type of fitness to a non-gym, uh, you know, at least for a period of time. And maybe for the long haul, you see Peloton taking off and, you know, that's kind of in-home. You've got all these trainers that are doing wonderful things on an in-home basis or on a wherever you are basis. And so the world is really your oyster, uh, you know, from that standpoint. But for people to get started, you can start either in your area of expertise. Maybe you uh, have a way to make an investment that is very protected. So you're not going to lose money, but it's in an industry that you know well, so you can help it scale. Or, and, and I like doing that when you can have some real assets that you can collateralize or pledge against your investment in case things go wrong. But I also like real estate a lot because there's intrinsic value in real estate. It's not going to go to zero. There, there's a building will not be worth zero dollars. And even if it happened, the land's not going to be worth zero dollars. So even if the building becomes obsolete and you tear it down, the land has value. So there, there's intrinsic value. It's not like a stock that could go to zero. And it, to me, is just a safer way to buying an asset that can appreciate over time that often can kick off cash flow. So uh, it's, you know, I, I have a bias because it's the way that I started, but I've coached a lot of people have started different ways. And a lot of people that, you know, have also started this same way in real estate. So I like it as an option, but if someone doesn't want to put the time into owning it themselves, they can invest in a syndication, which is someone else running it. And you're just, uh, a limited partner or an investor, or you can even look into some of the, the crowd uh, funded options and um, get into some deals like on CrowdStreet or Peer Street, where you're investing in a loan or you're investing in uh, you know equity in a deal that's real estate. And not all those deals are, are equal, but if you pay attention to like the numbers, the markets, and run it by people that you know that are good at what they do in the world of real estate, you can make some good moves there. So there's lots of ways you can do it. There's no, there's no one way, but it is nice to buy assets in a world where monetary policy, you know, is like, we're just expanding monetary supply, printing more and more money. When you buy assets, that's a hedge against that devaluation of the dollar because assets appreciate in coordination with money, extra money being printed. Gotcha. Kind of so in kind of in summary here, basically don't buy into crypto just because crypto is hot right now. Instead, buy into an industry that you're already familiar with and you can bring value to. Like it kind of reminds me of what the story you told about Dress Barn, how you brought together some investors who were actually great in the e-commerce space and then could actually help grow the brand. So you didn't just make an investment and sit back passively. You actually created a team who you bought the business 
and like, and then we're able to grow the business through specific putting specific people in the right seats to like to drive that e-commerce. Yeah, and I think that that is another example of an emerging market where no one had taken a brick and mortar brand, closed all the stores, and scaled it completely online. I mean, that's a brand new model and concept. And, uh, and so that's going really well. And we've done that several times with many different brands. And, uh, you know, that I think could be its own asset class in time. Uh, so I'm excited about that. But at the same point in time, I, I do think that Bitcoin itself is, uh, you know, it, it's a worthy place to at least look to have some percentage, a small percentage even of, of your assets. Uh, you know, what's half a percent or 1%, maybe even up to 5% in something like that. You know, today we're at all time highs. So maybe today's not the best day to do it. But at the same time, you, you know, most experts will tell you to just dollar cost average in, which is putting money in regularly over a period of time. So you're catching different price points. Uh, I, I like that. I really also just like, like kind of that, like looking for invisible deals and kind of staying in your lane and doing what you're good at already. I'm, I'm curious kind of like, so you're like, you started off like as like a businessman from day one, selling uh, newspaper subscriptions to people on like your, to your neighbors and stuff for, for all through high school. Then in college, you started doing Cutco. You sold, you sold knives, opened up like five different offices. So you were like, you're no stranger to the entrepreneurial grind to like hustling. Um, at what point were you like, okay, like now I got to start doing something a little bit different to create the life I want to live? Because, you know, like all this talk about investments is great, but at the end of the day, you're doing it for a specific purpose because you have a, a lifestyle that you want to live. You want to be there for your family. You don't want to miss dinners. So like at what point were you like, okay, something has to change? Yeah, that's a fun question. And it's a really good question, Nate. I actually think it's a question that most people don't ask themselves enough. And for me, it was really cool having an opportunity to have a business where the harder I worked, the more I was able to make. That was very empowering. But there's a trap in that as well, that if you're not careful, you, if you don't have boundaries, you could work crazy hours. And, uh, and so I had found myself in startup mode, you know, building a company, starting a business, working 18 hour days. And I got ahead. I'm glad that I did it. I'm glad that I know how to work hard. I'm glad that I have the ability to grind. Like there's no question in my mind, if I ever had to do it again, I can do it. But I knew that I didn't want that in the future. So I told myself, I will do this for this time frame in my life. And that's it. But while I'm doing it, I need to make decisions that are going to allow me to not need to do it in the future. I don't want to have to work this hard. And part of that is I wanted to earn more money. Part of that is the achievement drive that I have in me that I want to perform at the best that I can. But it's funny because there are always these golden handcuffs, the, the handcuffs that either lock you into a job because it's, it's known, it's comfortable, it's predictable in terms of what you do, your output to the income, your input. Uh, it is, you know, it, it handcuffs you to security, or maybe it's a business, you know, where it's the harder you work, the, the more that you can make, but the more expensive your lifestyle is, the more you're trapped and tied to that business. And so I just wanted to get to a point where I could 
um, take the money that I was making, buy assets to produce income so that I wasn't always reliant upon my time. So again, I was okay doing it for a period of time. And I'm glad that I did because it gives me good perspective when I work with and talk to people today. But ultimately, I just knew when I had a family, I didn't want that. And I wanted to be able to spend time in the fashion that suits me best. And for me, it's, it's getting time with those that I love most, you know, the relationships that matter the most and having really cool experiences and working uh, an amount of time that feels good. And that might change. It might change on a daily basis or a weekly basis, but that it's all up to me. And I can totally stop working at any time for any period of time. But I want to be working on things that bring me passion. So it's not like I don't want to work. That would be really boring. Uh, I just want to work on things that are inspiring, that I'm using my gifts on, that I can subscribe to as like a lifelong mission uh, that impacts people. That's cool. I like that you described it as golden handcuffs, because I think it's a lot of times entrepreneurs or business owners were like, oh, I'm free to do whatever I want to, as long as it includes me being like, available 12 hours a day and I can do whatever I want. So yeah, like just kind of deciding like, what is your life? Like, what does your ideal life look like? And then like, you kind of, you talk through this in the book as well. You're like, well, what does it cost you to hit the bare minimum of like, of your, like, of your necessities for your housing, your food, your clothes, your utilities, et cetera. Like, what does that cost you? And then how can you create that first level of passive income to just set, to make sure that you, you got that you're covered. If you, if you get sick, if you get COVID, if something happens, you're set, you have this coming in. And then you talk about the next level, the lifestyle level. Okay. So like, okay, it costs you $40,000 a year, whatever, to cover your bases. What does it cost you to, to live the life that you really want to live on your terms? That's your next step to get there. So I, I think that's a like that's such an interesting conversation to have with yourself, to have with your spouse, to like to really help you determine what you want your next five, 10 years to look like and then kind of work backwards from there. Yeah. And it breaks it down. So it's not a net worth game. It's not about mm -hmm. accumulating this huge nest egg and how much money can I make and what am I worth? It's more a cash flow statement. It's how much does it cost me to live and what is that per month? And then how do I create cash flow from assets that covers that. So it's not about accumulating more. It's actually about covering costs. To me, it's way more predictable and it allows you to live a lifestyle that could, could be, or is closer to retirement or what you would want to do in the future without having to wait till you're 65 or 67 years old. I also like in the book that you talk about wealth is not just financial. Financial is a, is a big part of it but it's also, it's also mental. It's also physical. And I know you're like, a, you're a super fit guy. Yeah. We, when we did our, uh, the front row, the front row five, I think you came in first there with the, the five different exercises. Um, but I know, you know, you protect your, your mental health. I know you have a, like a, your, you protect your spiritual health, but like, can you talk a little bit about some of those other aspects of wealth that maybe people don't consider? I got to give you the shout out though. I mean, you said I came in first. I came in first of the non, you know, trainer who is running the show. I mean, you, you are very impressive there. So uh, I, I thought I might have you and you, you, man, you really crushed it. So, uh, you know, and I think, I think what you do for your community is incredible. I think you're amazingly fit and, you know, I learned some great stuff from you. So I, I want your community to know just how much of a, a baller you are inside of your area of expertise. Thanks, um, but being fit and, and, 
you know, it, it's not from a vanity standpoint, it's from a being sharp standpoint, I want to live a long life. And the better I am physically, the better I am mentally and intellectually and spiritually. I mean, they're all they all kind of combine in one. So wealth to me is not about money, money is a component of it. So it can kind of be about money. But what's more important to me than money is health. I mean, I would give away all my money to have incredible health for years and years and years, if I could just buy that and know that my health will be impeccable, that's so worth it to me because I can always make more money. Um, and, and I don't want to have my health, you know, I don't want to, I don't want my health to be sacrificed to get more money. That mm -hmm. to me is like the worst trade-off. So again, health to me, to have this longevity, to have this energy and this passion to be able to pour into other people, my family, to live the life that I want to live, you know, that all stems from being able to buy my time back, which is the most prized resource that we have. It's the most limited resource that we have. And that time allows me the space to take care of myself personally so I can show up better for everyone else. And that time also gives me a chance to reflect on what it is that I want to do with my life and how do I want to use the gifts that I've been given and what is something that I can experience purpose in that has impact long-term. And the book is an avenue for that, where I can expose people to a different way of thinking, a different mindset, uh, help them along on their journey. But then all the proceeds of the book are going to charity. It's all going to um, uh, different organizations, specifically uh, the one right now that all proceeds are being donated to is uh, Love Justice International, which is um, a human trafficking uh, uh, organization that, that, that stops these regimes in 17 countries around the world. So it's just an incredible group. And for anyone that has kids, I mean, that's like the worst thing to even think of. So as, as I teach people, my philosophies on financial freedom, I want the proceeds to actually buy human freedom back for those that it was taken from. Dude, that's that's powerful. I did not know that you were uh, you're donating all the proceeds to charity. So yeah, if you haven't bought your copy, go buy it right now. You got to. So that and that's awesome, Justin. Because what like what I love about that is you're talking about like kind of giving yourself like by creating that passive income that like that positive that cash flow. You you cover your bases. You cover your lifestyle. Now you have space to sit and think and be like, where am I best applying? Where can I best apply my talents? What can I do that's powerful for me that uses my gifts specifically, that pumps me up, that elevates other people, that puts me in a position to give away a lot of stuff. And now it's like, it's like you've, you've kind of like mastered the game and are playing on your own terms. So cool. You know, it, it's fun. It's rewarding. But I've got to tell you that... <laughs> It is, it's one of those things where I worked really hard to accomplish this in my life. And it was a really cool celebration. It is one of the most liberating experiences that I have had, which is putting in the work to accomplish financial freedom. But once I hit it, it felt good. But then that moment was over and it's like, what's next? And it's <laughs> such a great like reflection on the fact that it was more about what it took to get me there, who I became in the process. And I know that's kind of cliched to uh, to, to say, but that really what it was, it's like you reflect on uh, the transformation that takes place, you know, especially in the mindset. And once you transform your mindset, then your behaviors and your routines kind of fall in line and adjust to that. And so today, for me, I get even greater satisfaction after helping people in my community uh, achieve financial freedom for themselves. And that's cool, because it happens on an ongoing basis, not just one time.
I, I love that. And I want to hear a little bit more about your community here in a second, but I totally agree because like fitness, fitness is the same way, right? Once you get to the point where you're like, okay, I hit my weight goal, I hit my whatever goal, I'm bench pressing X, like you go, okay, now what do I do? And it was, and you realize it was never about hitting that goal. It was about who you kind of became in the process. It's like exactly what you said, the mindset. Um, my, my book, like my book launched and my, my wife got her second master's on the exact same day. And we both got them and we both like put our things down. We took a picture of it and we were like, okay, you want to make dinner? It was just like, it was kind of just like this anticlimactic thing that was like this, like the end of this, these two big journeys. But it was like, at the end of the day, what's really the most important thing to you is having the people around you that you want, having your health, having the time, the time freedom to engage in the tasks that you want to engage in. Um, can you tell us a little bit about like uh, like the, some of the communities or maybe other ways people get in touch with you or if like someone was like, oh, I've got to work with this guy, like what would, what would that look like? Sure. Yeah. So for anyone that wants to uh, get the book, uh, you can go to lifestyleinvestor.com and that's going to take you to um, an option to get it for free. You just have to pay for shipping. And I got a whole bunch of other cool stuff as free gifts uh, whenever you buy the book that way. Of course, you can go to Amazon uh, and do it that way as well. But, you know, for anyone that's in your community, Nate, I wanted to hook you guys up with, you know, kind of just a, uh, you know, a, a more affordable way to do it. Um, so that- Very generous you know, of you. There, there's less um, uh, barriers to entry, right? And they can also grab the Audible copy then too. Is that right? So the Audible, it, technically Audible will be out for free, or I'm sorry, Audible will uh, come out live on, you know, Audible and Nook and all these other places in March, but I have the first uh, session, I have three parts, so it's part one of the book that's for free, so you can listen to that, Oh, cool. Uh, which is really neat. And then, uh, and a bunch of other cool free stuff. So, and if you go to my, my, my main website, justindonald.com, uh, I've got a whole bunch of things. I've got, you know, free courses. I've got uh, an online course that is kind of at the lower end of the spectrum. I've got a podcast that's obviously free. Uh, I've got a master class, a mastermind, a private coaching that is already sold out. I've got a, I've got a wait list and I, I kind of limit the number of people for that. But, you know, I've got a bunch of different products. I've got an e email list and my goal is to offer value and it doesn't matter how much someone makes that there's uh, some form of, of products that they can get for free, for cheap, for in the middle, or for those that, you know, are in a place to be able to do more expensive stuff, that option's there too. And I just can't say, like, say this enough, but like, if you, you want to spend time with Justin Donald, if you get a chance to, whether it's like listening to his podcast or watching his videos or engaging in his masterclass, you want, you want to be listening to what he has to say. So grab, go ahead and grab that. I'll put some of that stuff in the show notes as well. Uh, Justin, I know we're kind of running low on time here. I really appreciate you spending so much time with us today. I would love to get a hot take on two things that I'm super interested in right now. Number one is like, I know you own some Orange Theory Fitnesses. Uh, and so I was curious, what do you think about kind of like the future of some like, like the future of fitness and like, where can we find some great investments there? And then cannabis, kind of this emerging industry that's, it's like a little bit gray area. Is it going to be federally legalized? Like, where do you see those two going? And then like, if we were like, you know, hypothetically, like amateur investors, what would you do next? Well, in the fitness space, I think that I still think that there's a lot that can and will happen. You know, I think that there will be enough demand to get back into, um, you know, a physical building 
or, I mean, we're already seeing it in Orange Theory Fitness. It's not the same numbers that we saw pre-COVID, but um, the numbers are still fine. People are coming back and um, the more uh, vaccine opportunities there are and the more people that are becoming vaccinated, whether you believe in that or not, um, whether you believe that that's a good path for you or for your family or for people at large, uh, it, it, it still is going to be a predictor of people feeling comfortable. A lot of the masses feeling comfortable going back. So what does it look like? You know, I think big box is still good, but it's, it's high cost there. You know, I think some of your smaller, uh, type of opportunities, more, uh, niche, those could, you know, as long as they're still, you know, uh, marketed well, and, and there's still a demand for it. I think that those could be good, but I think that there's a lot that can be innovated in just being able to create your own program. Uh, and, and really for your market, there's ways that you can, uh, create things that are all done video and, and kind of evergreen model. So it's not just your time or it can be your time. It could be both. It could be a two tiered thing, you know, where it's, it costs X per month for, uh, all the pre-recorded stuff and it costs two X for live, uh, sessions and extras. So th there's just so much that can be done there. And, you know, with, with online, you just have this ability to scale anywhere. I mean, all across the world. So I just think that the opportunity is maybe one of the best it's ever been. I, I think you're also going to be able to buy businesses for, uh, pennies on the dollar that don't make it. And uh, as long as you know that that is a sound model that um, it, you can get it to profitability, I think it could be a good investment. Uh, so sometimes it's good to stick in the areas that you know well, but I also think it's good to diversify into other areas. And I think cannabis is a huge emerging market. I think it's gonna, I mean, it's one of your fastest growing markets right now. Uh, it's about 25% or greater quarter over quarter growth. And I, I believe everything will be federally legalized at some point. Um, I think that's where we're moving to. And I think people that are on the trends of, you know, anyone that, that can invest, you know, in a, in a smart way in the U S is probably poised for something good. Now, one off in companies, just one investment into one company that can be risky because a lot of these companies won't make it. But, uh, if you do your homework, you can find the ones that are doing well, that are profitable, that are probably going to get gobbled up by, a larger cannabis company, uh, or by a Philip Morris, you know, or someone like that once it is federally legal. So, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of opportunity, you know, can in Canada, it's probably not as great. You've got, uh, the market cap of canopy, which is, um, you know, about, uh, $14 billion and all of Canada's market cap is probably closer to 18 billion. So there's not as much, um, room to make money, but, uh, I, I was re recently listening to a few people and reading some things that a lot of the experts think that um, the the market cap, you know, in, in the U.S. is going to be more like 80 to 100 billion. Uh, it's, it feels like, you know, investing in like Anheuser-Busch in 1924, you know. Well, to like, give you perspective, it's it's that it's like your, your, your craft beer and spirits. That's an 80 billion dollar industry. So think about it being the same, the same volume. Very cool.
Hey man, gotta say, thank you so much for being here with us today. Thanks for dropping some wisdom on us. Hey, everybody go out and grab his book right away because it's, you know, number one, it's um, got some amazing information in there that we didn't even get a chance to cover in terms of like, how do you structure deals? How do you make sure you don't lose money? How do you get paid on the, like right up front? How do you make sure you get your, your principal out of the investment within a year to three years? Like all these things are all laid out and it would take us, you know, hours to talk through all of them. So you got to check the book out. And even if you don't, um, it's for a good cause. So Help, help End uh, Human Trafficking by Justin Donald's new book. Thank you so much for being with us, sir. I really appreciate it. I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Nate.